The Trivia Music Show of your favorite pop stars. What's happening, everybody? We're back with another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And as always, we scour the internet and find less known facts about some of the big legends, names, megastars, or what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And let's see if you know as much as you think you know about some of these icons in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I've got my bro Yoon Chi in the studio. What's going on, man? And I'm here again talking with TJ about music. <laughs> and I wonder, TJ, yeah, what do you call clean music? Clean music. Music that's clean. You mean music that's on this program? Uh, besides that, you mean <laughs> just uh, just in general, actually. <laughs> clean music, huh? Um. Oh. <laughs> it's. Uh, I know it's something that's very obvious, and I know it's actually I, just you... a wordplay. So, clean music is a soap opera oh, <laughs> because soap <laughs> is for cleaning, and an opera is a kind of music. So that makes clean music. Ah, oh, you're killing me! You're killing me. Okay, that 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 one was pretty good. I, I don't think our listeners was able to get that one. Right. So, you got somebody special you want to share today? The musician that I'm introducing today, I consider him. I don't really hear people talking about this title of this musician, but I consider him as the god of anthems. Okay. Right, because if you talk about Mariah Carey, she's probably the god of Christmas anthems, <laughs> right? And whoever created Happy Birthday or the birthday song is the the god of birthday anthem. And this musician. He actually has two songs that are very popular on two different occasions. Oh, okay, interesting. I want to know what these occasions are. Right. All right. And I have a really special musician that I'd like to share today. World-renowned musician. You definitely know who she is, and I think that there's a lot of things about this musician that the world should know. And I'm really excited and I guess stoked to show everybody about this special person that I grew up listening to and. Her tunes really go straight to my heart, and I'm sure that you know who I'm talking about. So, and just a quick disclaimer, guys: all the info that we find is completely internet-based, which can sometimes be out of date and could possibly be erroneous. So, records are always changing; accolades can sometimes be inaccurate. So, bear with us on these quote-unquote facts. All right, if there's any inaccuracies, please feel free to reach out to us, and we'd love to hear from you. So, on that note, let's not waste any more time. Why don't we get right to it? Sure. So, fact. Number one. This is according to MoneyInc.com. This artist was born in Newark, New Jersey, and she was from a middle—I guess you could say—a middle-income family. Okay, like most of us. Yeah, yeah. And、uh, when she was four years old, her family left this city after the 1967 riots, actually sparked by the arrest and beating of an African American cab driver. And I think that's also something that kind of reflects something that we experience. Experience quite recently. I mean, this was something like you know over 50 years ago, and、uh, you know, and you've heard of George Floyd and you know what happened with that. Right. And、um, this situation is relatively similar, and so you had a lot of riots and another dark moment in、uh, you know American history. But、uh, yeah, this artist and her family left that area 
and uh, moved to a different area of the state. Her family was filled with talent, apparently. Her father was an army serviceman and later an entertainment executive. And her mom was a gospel singer. Okay, again, sounds like the church is involved in there, as it usually is. Uh, Her brother, or her half-brother, played for the Denver Nuggets in the NBA. So, her brother was uh, a talented basketball player. Her cousin was Diane Warwick, who's a a very famous singer. She sang a few duets, especially notably with uh, Stevie Wonder, you know, and uh, her godmother was the gospel legend Aretha Franklin, household name in the world of gospel music. Maybe in the States, but (laughs) (laughs) I haven't Uh, haven't really heard of it. Well, now you have Aretha Franklin. But her family sounds like really got a lot of talent in music and a little bit of talent in sports as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit. I'd say, I mean, he's in the NBA, so he must be pretty good. Right. I can see the reason why she has grown to like a world famous star. Yeah, yeah. But her personality was a little bit, I guess you could say, challenging. According to uh, this source, her pastor nicknamed her illegal because if anything was against the rules, she'd find a way to do it. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like a very naughty kid. (laughs) But with that being said, she was influenced by her mom and her aunts, and uh, she got into the world of music. And at the age of 15, she was regularly touring um, the stage with her mom in different areas. So it sounds like um, at this point, she's developing into, I mean, she has the inspiration around her. I mean, her godmother is Aretha Franklin, and I think she has another biological grandmother who was actually a singer as well. Her mom sings, and so it just sounds like she's just encased by music. They're really passing down the business of music, (laughs) aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like that. So, moving right along, we're going to go to fact number two, and this is according to Factinate, which is a U.S. pop star fact database. Uh, She signed on to Arista Records in 1984. So her voice was very, very alluring and quickly made her a successful singer and eventually into a superstar. She sang a lot of solos and duets at that time, and she's notably popular for singing uh, rhythm and blues, adult contemporary, and pop music all very successfully and for me i kind of also felt that she was a a ballad singer as well because she has a very (laughs) unique sound and some of those songs go straight to your heart you know yeah everybody loves ballads and i'm pretty sure every musician has been through that stage where they have to sing ballad songs as well (laughs) have to sing them right (laughs) yeah because it's popular (laughs) right for, the, for most people, pop music it would be the best description of her style. And unfortunately, she got a little bit of flack for it, actually, when she was developing as an artist. Some people didn't think that maybe that her music was that deep at first. So she had... Like superficial to, as in... Yeah, a little bit superficial, unfortunately. But she was also notable for being a model. She got onto a Seventeen magazine, which was she was the first African American woman to appear on the cover, along with Glamour and Cosmopolitan and Young Miss. You know, at that time when her career started to take off, she was on a lot of different magazine covers, which was a first. So moving right along, she was a platonic friend of one of the Jackson 5 brothers. And this is according to Factinate. Um, one of the brothers named Jermaine. And that relationship eventually became... At first it was professional. They worked together in music. But then later it became romantic. 
Only problem was he was already married. So, and、uh, he was actually married to a record label mogul's daughter. Okay, sounds like they're in an ethical conundrum. Maybe he needed to be very careful about what you know how he handled that relationship. But regardless. They snuck around for a couple of months behind Jermaine's wife's back, but ultimately he refused to get a divorce, and she was utterly heartbroken by his choice. You know, and that's I, I think in the world of music, when you're working with people, sometimes and you you share the same passion, these kinds of things happen. And unfortunately, when <laughs> in the case of Jermaine, I think it 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 eventually came out. Right, happened. So I think that's really really unfortunate for for this singer. I think that's a pretty delicate. And dangerous situation for both of them. Yeah, I think so. So let's move on to fact number three. According to Money Inc. and Factinate, her self-titled album became a best-selling album, and the world noticed her talent immediately. It debuted in 1985, and MTV's music videos helped increase her visibility. But initially, MTV refused to play music videos for black musicians. At that time, it was a big deal. She had to、uh, wheel and deal and and really、uh, fight to get those、uh, music videos. Release and they didn't want to do it, but her album was so successful that they had to if they wanted to get in well on that business. So it sounds like she was breaking the boundaries for the black musicians, yeah, and yeah. black people in general as、right. well, yeah, because you're getting more exposure as a non-white face on TV. That's right, absolutely.、Um, but there were a few other roles that she、uh, was handed, and I I was kind of surprised by this. She was asked to take the role of、uh, Sandra Huxtable on the very famous、uh, Cosby Show, and、uh, she actually turned that role down because she wanted to focus more on music instead of being an actress. And that's、uh, a really well-known show, very popular, and I'm I'm actually kind of surprised she turned that down. Well, she's a singer and a model.、Mm. I'm pretty sure she's going to have a lot of more opportunities in the future. Well, that we'll talk about that a little later, bit later. Later, yeah, yeah. Moving on a little bit more about this fact here.、Uh, very few people remember that this artist once dated Eddie Murphy for a short period、okay. of time. And I, I was reading in,、um, I believe it was People's Magazine, that he bought her a 5.5 carat diamond ring, which is, I mean, I'm not an expert with rings, but if it's over 5K, a, if, if it's over a carat, it's a lot of money, and it's five, right? <laughs> It's five. five, yeah, five and a half, actually, five point five. If the source is correct, very dedicated. And they never really acknowledged this relationship. By the way, this was something that they when they. But were... did she acknowledge the ring? <laughs> <laughs> Does she still keep the ring with her? I'm not sure. <laughs> Where did the ring go? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But they did happen to play the media at that time because sometimes、um, you know the media kind of gets involved. Right, the kind of stunned a celebrity relationship.、Right. So, but she never really publicly acknowledged it. So that was kind of interesting. And also, she dated、uh, an NFL player,、uh, Randall Cunningham. Also, according to Factinate, that she was asked by Michael Jackson to sing. A duet, and this was from his、um, the Bad album. I just can't stop loving you. One of my favorites on that on that album, and she she actually turned it down, which is unfortunate because I think that would have been a beautiful. I mean, it's a very beautiful song now. But who eventually did Michael Jackson sing with I, I for that song? Remember, I can't remember her name. Oh, but it was it was nice. But anyway, it would have been really nice if this artist had joined the roster for this duet. It would have been a legendary song. So anyway, so let's move on to fact number four. And、this is again according to Factinate. For those people who are fans of this musician, if they haven't really picked up on it yet, they will definitely know from this next fact. She's known for this move. 
uh, at an award ceremony, she met R&B singer Bobby Brown, and she fell really hard, and the two immediately began a what the media would call a whirlwind romance, and they got married. And I guess her friends were against it, and there was even a report that Eddie Murphy called her and said that you shouldn't do that, probably wouldn't be good. But uh, against all of her friends' advice, she went forward with it, she got married. But did those guys who were objecting to this marriage, did they give any reasons why she shouldn't marry him? Well, the big biggest reason is just because of image because he had this kind of bad boy okay, image right. and Bobby Brown was really popular in the like the late 80s early 90s uh, he had a you know he was part of a boy band but he had the bad boy right image. so it's like the kind of guys that are good to date but not good to marry with <laughs> more or less there were some issues that came later because of the fame and the, the artist that we're talking about today her fame only grew and grew and expanded and became you know a global phenomenon but this musician that she ended up marrying his career actually didn't really elevate from that point so, so like he was coming kind of down the peak of his career and so that caused some you know a little bit of friction in the marriage and obviously with the media prying into your life and this kind of thing that kind of exacerbated things with their uh, marriage unfortunately so and that goes to my next point with the uh, fame comes a lot of scrutiny and the tabloids were all the time very merciless when it came to her and uh, they speculated about her personal life. They insinuated a romantic relationship with her best friend, which is a you know a, a, you know a girlfriend that she uh, grew up with, was close friends with, and they attacked her for that, saying that maybe those two are involved, you know, romantically. And so all of these things, you know, just being accused of a lot of different things, it kind of took a, a negative toll on her uh, on her mental state over over the years. I can imagine that it's like yeah. being constantly watched by by the media by everybody else. Yeah. It's like there's no privacy for her at all. Absolutely not. And I think that's one thing you give up when you become a an artist or a, a wearer. It's like a double-edged sword. Some people right. say we shouldn't really invade the privacy of celebrities, but mm. I'm not sure. It's like part of the deal for being a celebrity. Yeah, and I think this is a really controversial topic because right. yeah, I'm on the other end of the spectrum where, yeah, I think that there's still people and that we should respect their privacy and not just when someone passes away. Right. Just in general, we should re- try to respect their privacy as as individuals because uh, we would like the same thing. So, but yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point that you made. But one of the uh, the biggest criticisms about her music that she hated the most uh, was that she lacked rhythm, and uh, these allegations were partly due to earlier we talked about it being so pop that people felt ballads, like, yeah, right. That there ballads are enough. usually lack of rhythms. Right, right, right. So they feel like she didn't have soul or rhythm. And that was, I know who this musician is, so I feel like that's a, a, a pretty nasty so. conjecture, you know, because I think that this person, you could hear in her voice how soulful it is and that she had definitely has rhythm. But, but soulful is a different word than rhythm, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it's, it goes hand in hand, I would okay. say. I don't think you can be soulful and then not have rhythm because you have to sing okay. with a certain rhythm. So it's right? like a bigger word. So soulful <laughs> incorporates rhythm. Yes, I believe. Yes, it encompasses like, both, I think. And so she would have some, some radio stations or some black radio stations at the time chose not to play her music. So that for was for that what reason, reason that I just not mentioned. having enough rhythm, not having enough rhythm, or yeah, not being yeah, not very rhythmic. So Ooh, that's something really? that was yeah, that would be that's kind awesome. of a slap in the face for this artist. So a little bit more about this, uh, I think she's not a rapper. <laughs> 
she's like,、uh, as you've put it,、uh, she's a singer in ballad music、mm-hmm. and some other music I don't really quite remember. But、yeah. it's not the kind of music that requires strong rhythm. So why attacking her for this? I think that it's not just about the the radio station. Some radio stations want music that can make people feel a certain Up, way, right? Upbeat, Upbeat, happy, this kind of thing. And if you don't have this kind of sound, then of course, doesn't matter what radio station it is, they're probably not going to want to play it that much. So you have to do, you have to alter your production to fit a wider audience, right? But for her, at this time, most of her music was relatively ballad, kind of you know, slow, softer, softer, yeah. So, but a little bit more about. This media frenzy. She had an obsessed fan that would call her office repeatedly, and then it started to get out of hand. And when the police finally arrested this guy, they found him with two rifles. A pistol, so was she knives, p- and a crossbow. Was he planning to、it's, attack her? It's hard to tell. I mean, you don't really know these things. All you know is that this person was constantly calling、wow. and、uh, making comments and saying things. And、uh, this person had weapons. I mean, this isn't something that you know <laughs> all Americans have. You know, this isn't like a you know a casual thing that you know a lot of people have.、Yeah, I think it, the police, if they bust into some random guy's home, right? They're Eight out of ten times they're gonna find guns, rifles, <laughs> and weapons. Well, not not rifles and knives and a crossbow. I mean, it looks like this person is going to inflict some harm on on someone or something. So, okay, yeah, it, really interesting. And, and again, as a star, if you have someone that's calling you and, and then they're arrested and these things are confiscated, it's gonna make you feel a little bit. I would feel scary. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, and I think that that story kind of goes in line with this next fact, actually.、Um, so let's. Let's move on to fact number five. She starred in a really popular Hollywood blockbuster film、uh, where she was with Kevin Costner, and this was the film that really projected her career into the mainstream. In addition to all the music and the song from that soundtrack, is probably a song that everyone knows all over the world. It's been done right, again and again、yeah. in all of these song competitions. Yeah, I can justify it for that song. That song goes beyond the border of America, so it's it is a song of the world. <laughs> yep, sounds like you and she just figured out who we are talking about today. Yeah, I think the beans TJ spilled today have been pretty obvious. Too much information.、Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess with the bodyguard, yeah, I, I can see where you're going with that. A- after the the film got popular, there was a controversy because some people were feeling that her face was being intentionally left out during the film's advertisings. Yeah, in the trailer, they wanted to leave her out of the trailer altogether. I guess for the movie production company, they were having some similar doubts as MTV music videos.、Right. Yeah, they don't want. They don't really want to have a black face、yeah. in their advertising. That's pretty much what it was about. So she had to vocalize it and say it directly and get it out in the open to expose the racism in the industry. So this artist, along with many others, historically speaking, had to deal with varying forms of white supremacy in film and music. She's probably one of the few black people that was well. Known in China, especially in my parents' generation,、so mm. she was among the names with、uh, the two MJs,、uh, Michael、uh-huh. Jordan, Michael Jackson,、too. Michael Jackson as well, for sure. And speaking of covering her songs, I don't know if I could ever come anywhere close to covering a song from this artist. But for those of you out there who still don't know who we're talking about today. I'll try to sing a little bit of the melody, and depending on how I do, it should seal the deal. <laughs> All right, hear me out. <laughs> If I 
should stay. I would only be in your way. <laughs> nice ending, nice ending. But man, did you know you were singing on three different keys there? <laughs> I'm sure I was. I think I was all over the place. <laughs> Very diversified keys. Yes, sir. Right, and is so, that the end of our? I think that's it, man. I think that's all the facts that I have. So Yun Chi, with all of the facts discussed, <laughs> just go ahead and spill it, man. I know you already know. It's a pretty easy guess today. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this star is, of course, none other than the great Winnie Houston. <laughs> no doubt about it. Her music debut was a genre-shattering breakthrough, a high-powered fusion of pop, R&B, and gospel, breaking and setting records which stand to this day, and setting the standard of all contemporary vocalists that followed. She's the only artist to have seven consecutive U.S. number one singles, and the Bodyguard film is the biggest-selling soundtrack of all time, and The Preacher's Wife is the biggest gospel record of all time as well. Love Whitney Houston. Love her music, and today I got a couple of tracks that I would like to share. First up, I got "I'm Every Woman," followed by "I Will Always Love You." Check it out.
So I'll go But I know I'll think of you Every step of the way And I
And that was I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Yeah, again, that song Powerful, needs... powerful song. Rest in peace, Whitney Houston. And again, her music will continue to live on in all of us. So, Yun Chi, let's talk a little bit about your musician. Okay, we'll start from a very odd title that this musician has received. Because, TJ, you've heard about the four heavenly kings yes, from, the, from the Canton pop music world. Uh-huh. And this musician, he actually got a very odd one because he was not forgetting the lyrics in the concert, which is, is quite a common mistake for a lot of musicians, as I know. He forgot the lyrics while he was performing on stage? Right. <laughs> Isn't that a common problem for the musicians? <laughs> I don't think that's a common problem. But it, it does happen, and then when it does, it's very, very memorable. Right. So they usually have to just mumble through the melody, and uh, because this particular musician, he just forgets about those lyrics for too many times, and he even got a title as the word "forgetting heavenly king." Oh no, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's not a good. It's look. like the <laughs> the fans and the audience are mocking him, and uh, then later this musician he had to purchase a whole set of high tech products to help him memorizing those lyrics. And and on his Shanghai concert in 2007, there appeared to be seven prompters for him. So he had like seven screens on the stage while he was singing. Yes, but probably not (laughs) as big. And read it while he's performing. Yeah, it's a prompter, (laughs) but probably not as big as a screen, but it's like seven monitors for him to avoid. To avoid. Yeah, so he will always remember those lyrics. I think it makes sense because some of these guys I've read have released some 30 or 40 albums, especially these Heavenly King guys, which, I mean, a lot of stars release about five, six, maybe 10. Is it? You know, but right. 40 albums. I mean, I think if you've released 40 albums, all the songs kind of start to sound the same after a while, the lyrics. So I think I might, I'd probably forget a little bit too. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the lyrics, the database of your lyrics will also multiply yes. yeah, with the songs. So multiply by 40. So yeah, that's I mean, it's like 10 or 15 songs per album. So you're looking at at least 400 songs that you have to, oh, wait a minute. This sounds like this one song I did. Oh, I can't remember what it is. So I, I definitely get it. Right. And according to staff from that Shanghai concert, uh-huh. he is especially courteous to the guys that's in charge of the prompters. Oh, and yes. he even calls them bosses because usually the staff will call them the musicians as the bosses. Yeah, you but now it's the, the other the way around <laughs> you can't piss them off because if they just quote unquote forget to turn on one of your <laughs> monitors right right then it's going to be a nightmare for you <laughs> let's move on to the next fact all right this fact is about his marriage so his family wasn't very well off during college and he had to take a part-time job as a musician as a singer in a restaurant and that's where he met his wife she would visit the diner four days a week to four days a week listen he must to have his been a singing. really good singer <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I hope the restaurant paid him some commission for that. <laughs> and when they got married, he wasn't a very accomplished musician yet, and he wasn't rich either. So when they got married, she had no wedding dress. They had no wedding party. They didn't have a new home for the new family. And he even bought the wedding ring from a floor stall or a ground stall. So it's the kind of shops that you see in shops China. On the side of the road. Yeah, that's our on the side of the road, but okay. without a van or a, or a truck. Okay. 
Well, sometimes you got to do that for a while until you know things get better. Yeah. So this couple, they have stayed together through the hard through the hard time, and they're still together today. And after he got famous, the newspapers and the media they had the eyes on this couple because his wife is an American born. In Hong Kong, so by American I mean she's Caucasian. Okay. And the couple aged differently. You know about the stereotype that Asians don't age that obviously. <laughs> so when they got married, she was still young and pretty. Okay. And after ten, I don't know how for how long. After maybe ten, fifteen years, and there was this. Can I say she got old, like really old, and he like kept his. his <laughs> so there was, so there was a difference. That's cool. There was a difference between these two couple for an for an Asian and the Caucasian, and the press actually they they took these pictures of his wife. The press again. These guys are just <laughs> awful, <laughs> awful human beings. Right, and they took pictures of probably his wife wasn't wearing makeup. Yeah, they like to do that. They'll they'll catch you walking out of the grocery store, or when you're getting yes. into a fight, or that you make a facial expression where you're yawning or something, and they'll catch that picture. Yes, it's that <laughs> moment, always and that they moment, put it in the, the ugliest moment of your life. <laughs> and then the media, after posting that picture, and, and they were joking that a couple looks like a mother and the son. Wow, <laughs> that is not that is a low blow, unbelievable. And that's these two guys going to put pressure on the marriage. And these two guys, they were actually born on the exact same day, <laughs> the same year. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, after the media gets a hold of you, that's that's going to really cause some problems because if people are saying this and that, and you know, I think for both yeah, parties, it's that, going to cause some friction. You know? That's probably a tip for any Caucasians that's considering dating an an Asian because after 15 wow. years, they are still going to look the same way. <laughs> No, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But this guy is really a model husband because he sensed his wife's insecurity and he was trying a lot of ways to comfort her in the public occasions. And yeah. he even invited her to his concert and confessed his love and、uh, tell people how lucky he is to be with her. Wow. As a way, well, to comfort. To comfort his insecure wife. Man, yeah, that's a、uh, that's a statement right there, and absolutely necessary. I think to keep the marriage After long lasting. After that attack from the media, man, that is just <laughs> unbelievable. And、uh, we're gonna move on to the last fact. So for his stardom, he is in the same generation as many other big names in for male mu- musicians. So he was under a lot of competition, and he was trying to find another way out to co- to compete with those big names. Just、right. consider you're in the same year as Michael Jackson, or、mm. yeah. So you're gonna find yeah, a different、sense. way, right? And、uh, his way is creating an album from women's perspective. As if he's a female singer. That's original. Okay. <laughs> And this album was actually inspired during a family gathering. So he found out his family and a lot of his relatives. Maybe they didn't really know that much about his music.、Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess it's a little bit insulting, but that's okay. And、uh, then he thought about he wanted to please his mother. So he sang his mother's favorite song, "The Wandering Songstress." That, that's a that's a traditional Chinese song.、Right? Yes, or in Mandarin, 天涯歌女 So it sounds like a 天涯海角 Is that from a woman's perspective? Um, <laughs> I guess so. The name of this song is about a songstress. Okay. And、um, 
how did oh, I'm, I'm still a little bit confused so what do you mean by he sang the song from a woman's perspective like so he's singing about like men in his songs or what I don't know much about the content of the songs but okay. I do know that this album is called Hua Dan it's like a, a specific role in the Chinese Beijing opera mm. you can probably consider it as oh, the Sopranos in Chinese opera okay and for the cover photo of this album uh, this musician he took heavy makeup as a female okay. and he was also wearing very heavy eyeliners as if he's a soprano in the Chinese Beijing opera yeah he would definitely be distinct uh, amongst his male counterparts during that time I think okay because in the opera the, w- wasn't that role designated for guys in, uh, for a long time ago Yes. Okay. Wow. Interesting. And so, what else? You got anything else about this guy? Or was that your last fact? Last fact. All right. Okay. And that's the end of our facts for this soprano male musician. All right. So, TJ, based on what I told you uh, today, uh-huh. who do you think this musician is? Man. Uh. Hmm. Why don't you? Okay. Let's real quick. Let's let's recap. Yeah, sure. Uh, some of these. Uh, yeah, facts reminder here. for TJ and also the audience out there. So this musician is famous for forgetting the lyrics of his songs on the <laughs> okay. concerts. Okay, all right. Yeah, and he's also in an interracial relationship. So if you have seen, yep, that, yep, and the and the and the media had jokes. Okay, got it. That's right. And uh, and one last spoiler alert, maybe not for TJ, but definitely for the Chinese audience out there, mm-hmm. that he has two songs that are super popular. One is for highlighting the relationship with your friends. Okay. And the other one is for inspiring yourself to work harder to pursue your dreams, that sort of thing. Uh, all right. And it goes like, In my heart, there wants to be a dream. I was going to say that doesn't yeah. sound very motivating to me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's probably my delivery. Right. And he also made an album called Peking Opera Soprano, mm. in which he was doing a lot of cover songs from other female musicians. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember you said that he was a uh, he was involved in this Peking world, at least for this album, anyway. Um. Okay. I can see TJ's hat is well, operating now. Because I used to do another program that you know touched on Chinese traditional Chinese music. So I'm thinking of soprano, I'm thinking Peking opera, and I may be way off here, but I'm going to go with maybe Sunan. Okay. I didn't know Sunan is very involved in the Peking opera business. Well, I think he sings. That's fun to know, yeah. Right, right. Okay, it's a good guess, but (laughs) let's hear what the judges say. (laughs) Sorry, that's not the answer. Oh, man. (laughs) But it's a pretty good guess because <laughs> Sun An is quite famous for having really high vocal ranges. Okay. And his, so he's uh, actually a soprano of some sort, right? Yeah, or like male soprano. And he sings a lot in the TV dramas. Okay, okay. All right. So who actually is it then? So the name of this musician is Joaquin Chao, or in Mandarin, Zhou Huajian. So for over 20 years, his albums have sold 3.5 million copies worldwide, mm. and he was part of the music for Beijing 2008 Olympic Game, along with dozens of other musicians. All right. Uh, Beijing welcomes you. Okay. It's a big song here in China, but yeah. Have you heard about it? No, no, no. no. <laughs> 
<laughs> in 2005, on the opening ceremony of Disneyland in Hong Kong, he was singing the theme song "You'll Be in My Heart" of Tarzan. Oh, that's a really nice song. Yeah, with Phil Collins. Wait, he sang that at the gate of Hong Kong while people were entering the park, or what? Like, how did that happen? I guess the opening ceremony. They were, they were probably holding it in inside the park. Okay. Wow. Yeah, but it's a good idea to do it in the gate because that lures people. To buy the ticket and comes in, <laughs> and uh, early at the at the beginning at the start of this episode, I was talking about he to me he's the god of anthems、hmm. because the two songs I'm playing from him today, one of them is called Friendship or in Mandarin Pengyo, and you constantly hear that during the graduation season of high school colleges. Then the classmates they would be singing this song in tears to each other to commemorate and celebrate their friendship. Um, I'm gonna remember you forever. Wow,、uh, we're that's pretty awesome. Keep in touch. To have a song that's played when people、yes. graduate from all stages of life. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. And the other song or the other anthem is called True Heart Hero, or in Mandarin. 真心英雄 ，True Heart Hero. Yeah, because in this song it talks about 不经历风雨怎么见彩虹 Not going through wind, how could you see the rainbow? I I, I don't follow you. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> It's、uh, about like,、uh, so you have to go through the difficult times to、uh, embrace your to see the rainbow to see the end of the tunnel or to go through the tunnel. Oh okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense. Got you. Got you. All right. Yes, and this song is also being used as the anthem for the corporate companies as、uh, music to inspire <laughs> to work harder at the yes job,、right? to inspire their staff to work harder. <laughs> don't forget about how little we're paying so you. Maybe corporate China don't like this song very much. The people that are working, they're just like,、oh, turn this song off. I'm working too hard. <laughs> It's too much motivation, isn't it? <laughs> But、awesome. so friendship and true heart hero. Before、Let's... we get to those tracks, we're gonna go ahead and call it for this episode. And for those of you listening out there, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Be sure to tune in next time for another amazing musician, and、um, we look forward to seeing you next time. I'm TJ Reed, and I'm Yunxi. <laughs> Take it easy, folks. We'll see you next time. See ya.
曾经有一个梦，要用歌声让你忘了所有的痛。灿烂星空，谁是真的英雄？平凡的人们给我最多感动。再没有恨，也没有了痛，但愿人间处处都要爱的。用我们的歌换你真心笑容，祝福你的人生从此与众不同。把握生命里的每一分钟，全力以赴我们心中的梦。不经历风雨，怎么见彩虹？没有人能随随便便成功。我生命里每一次感动，和心爱的朋友热情相拥，让真心的话和开心的泪，在你我的心里流动。
星空，谁是真的英雄？平凡的人们给我最多感动。再没有恨，也没有了痛，但愿人间处处都要爱的一种。用我们的歌换你真心笑容。祝福你的人生从此与众不同，把我生命里的每一分钟，全力以赴我们心中的梦。不经历风雨，怎么见彩虹？没有人能随随便便成功。把我生命里每一次感。和心爱的朋友热情相拥，让真心的话和开心的泪，在你我的心里流动。把我生命里的每一分钟，全力以赴我们心中的梦。不经历风雨，怎么见？随随便便成功，把我生命里每一次感动和心爱的朋友热情相拥，让真心的话和开心的泪，在你我的心。